You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And here they go, and that is a touchdown. Hunter Henry, wide open. 31-yard strike. Zappi with his second touchdown pass. And they cash in on the interception. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Monday. We'll get to NFL Week 7. We'll look forward to uh, the lines and games for the coming week. And we'll get to baseball later on the show and college football. Right now, though, we go to the guest line. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. He's joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best. The veteran visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Brad, we played you in with the call there. Bailey Zappi yesterday to Hunter Henry. The Patriots win. They don't just cover. They win outright. You know, Belichick has deflected questions here the last couple weeks in Belichick fashion, right, about his quarterback situation when Mac Jones comes back. What are you seeing with Zappi? Do you think this should be a discussion? And do you think Jones goes back in there when he's healthy, maybe next week gets the Bears? Your thoughts on the Patriots quarterback situation as they keep winning with Zappi? Yeah, you know, I don't think it's a true quarterback controversy per se. Um, per our grading, Billy Zappi right now, when kept clean, non-pressured dropbacks, he's our highest graded uh, quarterback, but then when pressured, near the bottom of that entire list. So I think he's he's taking what his, his defense is giving him, he's making smart plays, staying ahead of the sticks, all those things. And I think Belichick loves, it doesn't matter who you are on the roster, uh, he wants you to feel as though your feet are on fire and there's someone behind you coming for your job. Um, I think the last component is, Look, I know Mac Jones, they've tried to say he could have played the week he got hurt, the week after he got hurt. It was apparently a high ankle sprain, which is a long, lingering, bad injury. I think what they should do is just be patient. They have the Bears next, so they can take their time with Mac Jones. As Brian Windhorse would put it, what's going on in Tampa Bay? Man, yesterday was ugly. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers were missing their top three cornerbacks and safety Minka Fitzpatrick and obviously do not have T.J. Watt. And it was both sides of the ball. So Tampa gave up five third and ten plus conversions to a mix of Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. Just simply cannot happen. Um, and then on defense, or excuse me, on offense, the red zone offense was an absolute mess. Mike Evans had one target in the entire second half going up against, like I mentioned, a bunch of, you know, backup cornerbacks. So it just was an ugly, ugly game. They probably ruined teasers across the country, uh, mine included, yeah. no doubt. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's legitimate issues there. I, I was trying to kind of hold on and say that it was just some things to clean up. But losing that game um, to a bad and injured Pittsburgh Steelers team is a bit of a red flag. Brad, what interests you tonight? Broncos at Chargers um, side total or maybe some props? 
Yeah, if I had to take a side, it probably would be Denver in the points. I know they're, you know, not playing good football right now. And, um, you know, down some injuries. Garrett Bowles at left tackle is a massive loss. But I think Calvin Anderson's a solid swing tackle to step in there for them. And I think it might just be too many points with that extended rest coming off a Thursday game, get up for this big divisional opponent. Um, but I probably don't love a side there. A play I do like is, is Jerry Judy under three and a half receptions. Um, we've been kind of talking about this a lot at PFF, but the under reception props have been the most profitable thing we're tracking this year. You know, offense is down, passing games are down, outside receivers have just not been particularly productive, and Juvie's just had some focus drops, kind of some some lackluster snaps here and there, and, and the Chargers have obviously a good secondary. Um, I just, I think, you know, he can maybe break a big one off like he has, but he's not really consistently getting targets and receptions in a lot of these games. Brad, the Giants are five and one. The Jets are four and two. If you had to choose, which New York upstart is more real, more more likely to keep going and win and maybe make the playoffs here? Jets or Giants? So I would say I believe in more, and I, and I think they're more legitimate, is the New York Jets. The playoff question complicates it because obviously the AFC is about a thousand times better than the NFC. But but I would just say I really do think that they are trending in the right direction. They've had now a couple off seasons of extra draft picks of spending some good money on free agents. You know, guys like Carl Lawson that are now starting to play really well. Quinn Williams looks like the Quinn Williams they took out of Alabama, has at least a half sack in four straight games now, and just is a game record. I think he had six pressures per our charting last, um, yesterday. So, you know, I think they're on both sides of the ball now. They're starting to click, play some good football, you know, and also just the embarrassment of riches with, with their targets. Elijah Moore had zero targets yesterday, and they still scored, you know, a good amount of points in Green Bay, looked good on offense for the most part. I, I just think they have the ability to withstand some potential injuries, and they have depth now at some spots. Obviously, you know, they've lost a lot of players in the offensive line, but have been able to withstand it so far. So I think they're more legitimate right now, but, I, you know, I think the Giants probably have a better chance of making the playoffs just because how bad the NFC is. Well, yeah, and that's exactly where I wanted to go to, how bad the NFC is. So if you're looking at either just a straight-up long shot like in Atlanta, where you could find 100-1 to in the NFC still, or just a team that is not playing well, but they have that higher ceiling, a team that you would be buying low on, where would you go in the NFC? So Atlanta's a great call, and I actually already locked them in plus four and a half against Cincinnati next weekend. I just think it's too many points. The Cincinnati team is just not creative in any way, shape, or form, whereas Arthur Smith might be the most creative and, um, you know, one of the better head coaches in football right now, I think, from a you know a, an execution standpoint on offense. Uh, and then Dean Pease, their defensive coordinator, is you know an old head, longtime veteran, getting really good play out of his guys in the back end. It's a great secondary. The defensive line is starting to come along a little bit with some young players. So, yeah, they're definitely one one that the, the odds there are just simply too long. Um, I also would maybe uh, buy the dip, so to speak, on Dallas. I, I think even with, you know, they lost that game. It was a little bit ugly. Cooper Rush with the three bad interceptions. But I think you, I, I could maybe argue that we saw the two best teams in the NFC play last night. I, I think right now there are fundamental issues with Green Bay, Tampa Bay. And I don't care about the Rams beating the Panthers by two touchdowns yesterday. It wasn't an inspiring win in any way, shape, or form. And they lost left tackle Joseph Noteboom potentially for the season to an Achilles injury. So, yeah, Atlanta and, and maybe the Dallas, the odds aren't super long. But I, I think Dallas, you buy them now before Dak gets back, and they can rattle off some wins as well. All right. So you mentioned a couple plays that you like. Anything else as we sit here on this Monday morning, you know, looking ahead at the board that you like for this Sunday? 
Yeah, so let me pull my sheet up here. Yes, yeah, so so Atlanta was the one I definitely like. Uh, I think Tennessee coming off a bye at home, a massive game in that AFC South against Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, they already beat Indianapolis in Indianapolis. Um, you know, Indy, they did win yesterday, and, I, and you'll see the box score. Matt Ryan had, you know, almost 400 passing yards. I think what they did really, though, is just Michael Pittman was simply better than any cornerback that Jacksonville could throw out there. And they're still not really spreading the football out a ton. I think it's why they couldn't move the ball at all against Denver, because Pat Sertan just kind of took Michael Pittman out of the game to a degree. Um, and they just didn't really have the ability to go anywhere else. Alec Pierce is a good young rookie, but not a guy you kind of want to lean on to win football games. So I like those two. Uh, I'm, I'm falling for the trap again with the Cleveland Browns, who have spurned me a couple, a couple weeks in a row now. But the Baltimore Ravens are not good enough to be laying six points really to anyone right now. And they are, you know, you look at their early down EPA per play. They're second in the NFL. Like a lot of the underlying metrics do like Baltimore. They've lost three games where they had 80, 90% win probability at one point in the game and just kind of faltered down the stretch. But it's just simply too many points, in my opinion. Um, and then the last one, I teased it earlier, but New England laying seven and a half or eight, depending where you're looking against the Chicago Bears. I know Chicago has, yeah. you know, extended rest from a Thursday to a Monday. Bill Belichick is going to put Justin Fields in this offense in an absolute pretzel. They might, they might shut them out in the game. So all they need to do is score 10 points. I think they cover. Brad, you mentioned uh, Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. That, that might be it. You mentioned Baltimore um, and not being good enough to lay the points. And we know we watched yesterday Josh Allen, Mahomes, we watched the Bills and the Chiefs, two best teams in the AFC. If you had to power rank the AFC teams, who would be third right now? I was making the case before you came on that if the Chargers win tonight, they may work their way back there after an early season disappointment. It's Bills, it's Chiefs. Who would you put three in the AFC? Yeah, so even after saying that, and even after betting on the New York Giants yesterday, I would probably still say Baltimore. Uh, I think they are starting to play a little bit better. The defense is coming along a little bit. They're going to get Justin Houston back. They're going to get Tyus Bowser, their sack leader from last season, back, who's a great jackknife and can do a lot of things for them on defense. Um, maybe David Ajabo, their second-round pick with the torn Achilles, obviously you know, out of Michigan, could come back soon. So, you know, they're getting healthier. They're getting better. Ronnie Stanley, their left tackle, starting to play more and more snaps per game. So, and like I said, un you know, the underlying metrics like them, they're, they've been efficient and productive. They just couldn't close games. So I would say them and then, yeah, your Chargers. I think that, that is kind of the top four right now. Um, L.A., you know, I think it's a big game tonight because I think a lot of folks probably are writing off Denver. That's still a very good defense against a Chargers team that's still going to not have Keenan Allen, who is a total safety valve for Justin Herbert, and their offense is just not the same without him. Um, they got to win this game tonight to, to be in that conversation, but I, do, I, I think they will. Uh, we we talk a lot about um, the fired coach bump, and it looked like half the game, maybe the Panthers were kind of getting one uh, yesterday. In the end, the Rams uh, pull away in the second half and they cover. But I, I ask you this because I'm wondering how it sets up, if at all, for the Houston Texans. News this morning, Easter be out. If you followed this at all, it just sounds like one of those work environments, which was a complete nightmare. And this sounds like it could be maybe a bump that we're not talking about because I think most of us have worked in a, in a poor work environment. And once that is out, just how everyone feels so much more relaxed and free and easy. I, is that something to look at this week with the Texans? I don't know how much the players interacted with Easter Bia at any level, but off the bye, the Texans are touchdown underdogs at the Raiders this week. 
Yeah, uh, I think I think you're spot on there. It might be more of a bump than people realize. He may have been more hands-on with players than people realize as well. He did have a couple Patriots back in the day that kind of stood up for him when he was the team chaplain and the you know the head of player development or whatever his title was in New England. I don't know if it was really the case in Houston. I think he kind of rubbed some folks the wrong way. There were some you know big-time Houston reporters today that basically said this is not a surprise to those of us who know what's going on inside this building right now. Um, I also just think seven might be too many points fundamentally. We don't know where Darren Waller is at. Obviously, they're also coming off a bye, so maybe he gets healthy. But, you know, that team, again, is we had this conversation last night on our show, but how many teams in the NFL right now are actually good enough to lay a touchdown against anyone? It's a really short list of teams. I'm not sure the Raiders are on it. Aaron, your mic. This keeps happening to me. Packers at Commanders. This one is interesting. Taylor Heineke is back here in Washington. I think people have already turned on Carson Wentz. So I just saw a poll that they think he's an upgrade. I'm curious your thoughts um, when it comes to the quarterback position, Heineke or Wentz. Yeah, you know, and this line opening at four and a half last night, I thought was pretty surprising. Uh, you know, I think maybe Vegas not as confident in the Green Bay Packers after a couple, you know, tough defeats to the New York teams. I'm not going to say Heineke's better than Wentz, but, you know, right now for Wentz, he's, he's kind of what he always does. Is he's top five in big-time throws. He's also second in turnover-worthy plays. So there's so much bad that goes with the good. And I think Heineke, you probably get less of both. And maybe that at least keeps you on schedule. There's less variance and randomness in the games. You can kind of just play some simpler football. They obviously want to lean on Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Maybe they just really focus on running the football. Um you know, honestly, at this point, why is Sam Howell not in that conversation would be my question. Yeah. That's a good Love question. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So he, he should be. I mean, at some point, you think they have to get him in there, especially, right, you think about the number one pick in the draft. I mean, I think the Panthers right now look like the team that probably is going to tank to that. But that commander's team or the Bear, right, there's a lot of teams that could be in the mix for that. Um, when you look right now, if you had to project that, if you had to look forward here, worst team in the NFL, would you say it's the Panthers right now? 100%. Yeah, they completed one pass beyond the line of scrimmage yesterday, and it was one yard beyond the line of scrimmage. So they, they brought football back a little bit yesterday. <laughs> so do we, if the number is not too outsized, I'm saying if it's around double digits, it's around 10, do we just have to keep on fading that? It's I I, I kind of wanted to bet Carolina this past week. I, you know, I said it was a lean for me because you meant the, the fired coach bump and also just how bad the Rams offensive line is. I think it probably yeah. depends. Um, you know, I know the Bucks right now are what minus ten, minus ten and a half. Like, can you trust that team to lay that many points against anyone? I'm not really sure. Um, you know, J.C. Horn I think should be back for this game for Carolina. Obviously, you know, right now one of our highest graded corners has allowed the fewest yards into his coverage of any corner in the NFL so far this season. Per us and other places I've seen, they also have that stat. So, you know. I, they're not going to win the game, obviously, but I keep saying it's a get-right spot for the Buccaneers, and they've yet to actually do that. So, Exactly. About a minute left. Are there any teams through six weeks now that you think could be fraudulent, like the Jets, the Giants, maybe Falcons? Is there anyone that sticks out to you that you're kind of like, mm, I'm not sure if this is going to keep up? Yeah, I mean, the Giants, look, they do keep winning football games. They've actually beaten some solid teams. Obviously, Green Bay and Baltimore is, is, is no joke. But, 
you know, bottom five in the NFL for us right now in early down EPA per play. They're just kind of winning in fluky fashion. No, credit to Wink Martindale and their defense playing really well. And the reason why I'm scared to say it is because we really still haven't even seen, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau has only played a couple games now. They haven't had wide receivers much at all. Wondell Robinson, their second round pick, made a big impact yesterday in that game with a touchdown and a couple other nice catches. So, I mean, I think they are fraudulent as to where they stand right now. But I also see potential for growth from them. And their schedule is, is really easy going forward. Um, I, I guess another fraud for me is, like, the Colts, they've won two games in a row now. They're a bad football team. I, I mean, they're just – you watch them and it's still a struggle. It's still just – it's not easy anything they're doing on either side of the ball right now. There's Brad Spielberg on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guests, I'm looking ahead to week seven across the NFL. First look at the lines next on the BetQL Network.